Hey guys, welcome back. This episode is going to be the quarterly redemption recap and trip report. So I wanted to do this episode to complement all the other episodes where I talk about earning miles. So here I'll be talking about how we choose to spend some of our miles. And I think it's always interesting to hear about people's travel styles. Some podcasts that I listen to do a lot of cruises, and those aren't really our thing, but it's still interesting to hear about it. And another thing you'll probably notice is that we don't really do a lot of hotel redemptions. I usually just sell most of my hotel points, and that's because I never feel like I'm getting that good of a deal with like Hilton or Marriott points. You can get good value out of the certificates, but usually I like to choose from like the hundreds of hotels that are available in any given city instead of limiting myself to just a few different brands. But that's just our style and of course everyone's different. There's some people that only ever stay in Hyatt's because they're globalist. But at least for us and the places that we travel to, there's not always a Hyatt. And even if there is, it might not be the best value. But anyways, for this episode, I'm going to talk about the two major international trips that we did so far this year, and those were in Belize and a Vietnam plus Taiwan trip. And I also got my wife here alongside me to talk about these trips together. But before I get started, I wanted to announce that I'm going to start my own version of a deal alerts. And the reason that I wanted to do this is because there's just so much content out there with regard to credit cards and airline miles. And I think a lot of it is just kind of filler content in order to, you know, bring more traffic to their blog and get more money from the affiliate links. So whenever I'm going to send out a deal alert, it's going to be something that's either time sensitive or it's something that... I think is a really good deal and it just needs to be highlighted a lot more. So you're not going to see me broadcasting that the Venture X sign-up bonus increased by 15,000 miles like you've probably already seen from 15 different blogs trying to earn their affiliate bonuses. And I also recently signed up for the Secret Flying Deal Alerts, which is like deal alerts for airfare. And they started sending me five emails a day, which is way too much considering that I can only do like three or four international trips per year. Even Doctor of Credit, which most of us consider the Bible for credit card deals and bank bonuses, they just have so many deals and it can be kind of hard to know what's worth doing. So I want it to be like, whenever you get a deal alert from me, you know it's gonna be something good and like something that you should look into right away. So I'm just going to give a few examples of what I would have sent out a deal alert for had I been doing it in the past few weeks. On August 30th, there was a pretty big deal for United Award flights to India. And on that day, for about six hours, there was pretty much unlimited award availability for 80,000 miles one way for any dates on the calendar, including peak holidays. So if you wanted to, you could book the entire business class cabin at 80,000 miles per person. So this is a great deal for me and my family because we're trying to go to India in November. And with this, we were able to finalize all of the tickets for the five of us, which is me, my wife, my parents, and my brother. So we were able to book Portland to San Francisco to Newark to Delhi, all in business class, for 80,000 miles per person each way. 
Then on September 13th, there is a gift card deal on staples.com. These are always great deals because they can be quite scalable, but they usually sell out within a few hours. Then on September 15th was the iPhone drop, so I would have sent out a write-up on my plans for how I'm going to do that. And then on September 16th, there was fee-free Western Union transfers using Apple Pay. So based on the recent data, I would say you could probably expect to get about one email a week from me. And this is going to be 100% free, by the way. Well, I'll say that anyone who signs up between now and the end of 2023 will have it free forever. And for 2024 and beyond, I don't want to promise that it'll still be free to sign up, but it probably will be. So yeah, you can sign up at the homepage of churninglife.com, and I hope that I'll be able to send some good deals for you guys. Okay, so now we're going to start talking about the Redemption Recap. The first trip that I wanted to talk about was our Belize trip. So how I booked this one was not really doing anything too special. All I did was use the Alaska Companion Fare, which is always a really good deal. If you don't know about it, it's basically just $121 for the second person. So in our case, when we went to Belize, first person cost like $1,500. So in total it was like $1,600 for two people. So the route was PDX to Seattle to Belize City. And when I got to the airport and we had already like gotten through security and we were sitting at the gate, I just thought that I should check the price of the ticket and see if it had gone down. And it actually had gone down by like $300. And I called Alaska Airlines to see if I could change it down to the lower price. Or not really change the flight, but just like try to get the lower price. They said that they could do it, but they would have to undo my check-in status. So I would be checked out and I would have to check back in. And the flight was leaving in like 45 minutes or so. We were at the gate and boarding was going to start in a few minutes. So... I thought it was a little bit too risky to do that, although I think it probably would have worked, but I just kind of didn't really feel like trying to do that at the time. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it would have been worth it to go back to the checking calendar to try to, like, go through that. Yeah, so it was such a small amount. I don't think we would have had to go back to the check-in counter. I think we may have been able to do it with the gate agent. But anyway, so once we had actually taken that first leg and we were in Belize, we were able to change the way back and basically just get $150 credit. So yeah, we got on that first flight from Portland to Seattle. And that was right after the new Centurion launch had opened. So yeah, what do you think about the new Seattle Centurion launch? Oh, it was awesome. The old one was very small, so it was like very crowded um, every time I went there. Uh, the new Century Lounge, it's, it feels like it has way more like food options and then it's way bigger. It didn't really feel that crowded when we went to the new one. It feels really nice and then I would definitely want to go back in. Yeah, so they have like this new coffee bar with like a barista and they yes. can like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, they can make like all sorts of drinks and it's like all completely free, which is which is kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, it really makes transiting through Seattle a much better experience to be able to access that new lounge. So we took our second flight from Seattle to Belize. I think it was like a five or six hour flight. We weren't in like first class or anything, just like a normal economy flight. When we got to Belize City, we took a bush plane that cost $75 to get us to San Pedro and Ambergris Key. So yeah, what, what do you think about San Pedro? 
So we were staying at an Airbnb, which was right. It was right on, on the, the beach. beach. Yeah. yeah, it was right on the beach, and then it was really pretty. It was a small town. Pretty much everything was within like walking distance, so we could like get around. It was very chill, and、um, the beach was really nice. And the Airbnb was booked with Airbnb gift cards, which you can occasionally get on sale for fifteen percent off. Either like AARP sells them or Best Buy. Yeah, so our Airbnb was like right on the beach. The beach itself was nice, but you can't really go swimming because there's just so much seaweed.、Mm. I feel like San Pedro. It's almost a little bit too crowded. Like this, it's very dense. <laughs> Everyone drives around in these gas-powered golf carts. So if you're staying near the downtown, I guess you do get to be able to be so close to all the restaurants and be able to walk everywhere. But it can be a little bit noisy from all the golf carts. I like the golf carts. <laughs> it looks really cool. <laughs>、yeah. I want one. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah. kind of funny. So we stayed in San Pedro for five nights. We got there on Saturday, and then on Sunday we did this snorkeling plus fishing excursion. The fishing part was really fun. We caught like a lot of fish. There were small ones, but then our guide was able to cook them up on a barbecue on this private beach. Apparently, our guide actually had built all of the picnic tables, which was kind of cool. Yeah, what do you think about the fishing? Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, we caught lots of fish, and then the beach that the guide. Took us to was really nice, and then yeah, after the fishing, we went snorkeling, right? And by、yeah. the by the reef. Yeah. So the morning was like the fishing, and then the afternoon was the snorkeling. Oh, it was a lot of fun around the reef. There are a lot of sharks. I don't know. I forgot what kind of sharks、um, they are, but it's the nurse shark. No, they're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no matter what kind of shark, I am afraid of sharks.、Um, and then, well, that 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 excursion was not supposed to be about sharks. Yeah, there's a separate tour for the sharks. But、uh, our tour guide was throwing some chunks of fish into the ocean so that <laughs> he could attract the sharks to come over,、um, and then he did attract like one or two sharks to come to our boat near our snorkeling places, and I was freaking out because <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. even though the tour guide just kept saying that don't worry about it, it's gonna be fine, like they're not gonna attack you, it's just all Hollywood movies. Yeah, I was still kind of scared, so I didn't really do that much snorkeling because of the shark, <laughs> but it was so much fun. Yeah, it was. Nice to see, like the rays, the sharks, and so many fish. Yeah, so the tourist thing to do there is to see the sharks, and then they also have the rays. And I would say, like both of these animals, I don't really want to be too close to them. <laughs> so I know they're harmless, but it's still probably like a hundred pound shark that is just like swimming right at you, and I just don't want to like be near it. <laughs> But yeah, I think the snorkeling was still pretty fun, and it was like a private tour, so it was just the two of us plus the guide. I think it was it was still very relaxing. So that was pretty much our Sunday, and then from Monday through Wednesday, we were just doing the remote work during the day, and then we just kind of hang out in the evenings. So yeah, it was nice that we had the Airbnb and we were able to cook all of our own food, at least for some meals. I think we did we did go out a few times, but our Airbnb also had a blender, so we were able. To To like make our own smoothies and stuff in the morning, which was fun. Yeah. So, what do you think about the the restaurants on San Pedro? I would say, yeah, they they are special. The fried whole fish. But then, to be honest, like I didn't expect that it would be that kind of price. It was expensive. <laughs> it was yeah, like we we got the whole fish, fried whole fish, and it wasn't even that big of a fish. And then with some rice and 
salad on the side. It was already like like $20 kind of or more than that or something. It was still nice. Like it was very yummy. Yeah, I would say like in general Belize was pretty expensive for most things. And I think a big factor was the gas price. It's like $8 a gallon. Mm -hmm. So it's about double what it is in the US and that just kind of affects everything. Yeah, so that was pretty much our trip in San Pedro. And then after that, so we'd worked, we'd done like telework from Monday through Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we flew back to the mainland and we rented a car to just kind of explore the mainland a bit. So there were a few things that happened with the car rental. So the first thing was when we got there, they told us that if we didn't want to pay for their upsell insurance, then we had to pay like a $50 convenience fee. And they said like, oh yeah, this was like in the terms and conditions somewhere, but it wasn't in the actual price that they had quoted me. So of course I was like, okay, well, I have to pay this otherwise I don't get the car. And you know, we're on vacation, we kind of have to have the car. <laughs> so I'm gonna pay it. The second thing was that they had actually charged my American Express card twice. And they charged it twice for both the deposit and for the rental itself. So it was like an extra 800 or a thousand dollars that they had charged me. And then the third thing was that the car itself was I would say it was pretty old and you have no idea what kind of car you're getting when you when you make the booking that it's just like it just says like Nissan something and it gives you the price and I would say our car was actually pretty old and I think we were pretty fortunate that nothing happened to the car while we were driving it around, but it would have kind of been nice to know that mm -hmm. so we could have maybe booked something a little bit newer and more reliable. So I had these three things and I actually gave them like a pretty bad Google review and their response to all this was that the extra $50 that I had to pay, they said like, oh, I had agreed to it. <laughs> And I was like, well, yes, I mean, I agreed to it when I was inside the rental car shop and they were saying like, either pay this or don't get the car. They also denied them. They charged me twice when, I mean, they definitely did. There's not really any denying of that. And I had to do a dispute with MX to get my money back there, which worked out fine, but still is kind of annoying. So we ended up driving inland quite a bit. We went to this town called San Ignacio and we got this nice little room up in the jungle, kind of up away from everything. And it was just really relaxing. And it was a good deal too. I remember compared to other similar, that was about half half price of like all the other similar villas around. Yeah, I remember it was like a yeah. hundred and something. It was less than 150 per night. Yeah, it was a pretty good location, not too far from the main town, but also it was, it was really quiet. From there, like we did a few different activities. One activity, of course, is to drive around and see all of the, the ruins. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, we got to see so many pyramids. And then we did everything by ourselves. Like, we didn't really go with any uh, tour guide at all. Uh, we just drove the car that we rented. Yeah, it's just cool to see it. Yeah, I would say we like to be on our own schedule to, like, rent our own car and go see all the stuff ourselves. And that kind of brings us to our next activity, which was the cave tour. So we just kind of showed up to the cave and asked about the cave tour because we kind of read it about it online. What they told us is that, oh yeah, let me just like call the guide and see if he can come over because apparently the guide wasn't there because there wasn't really anyone doing the tour that day. So he just went home. Yeah, he came back in like about 15 minutes. So what do you think about the cave tour? Oh, it was awesome. Oh, I mean, just kind of, let's start with like the price itself. So it was like, 
Yeah, it was $50 per person. The tour guide gave us tube, like big tubes, and then we're just like sitting in the tube and then floating on the water. It was so dark inside the cave, so if you didn't use any flashlight, it was just pitch dark. Like you couldn't really see anything at all. Nothing. Like you feel like as if you're blind. So it was just so special to float on the water. I mean, sitting like in the tube. I feel like I was calming myself down completely. I mean, before that trip, I was like stressed out with work and stuff. But then inside that cave, I couldn't feel any stress at all. Like, well, yeah. what about you? <laughs> yeah, it was like really quiet and it was just so peaceful. And I'm really glad that we were able to just show up and do this tour by ourselves. I think our tour guide was saying that normally there's like a lot of people per tour. It was just nice for us just to be the two of us. If there was like, you know, some other people with some kids or something, it would have been quite a different experience. Oh yeah, we had the entire cave to ourselves. Yeah, so yeah, it <laughs> was, was not nice. just... <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't just like that it was just the two of us with the guide, but it's also like the three of us were the only people in the entire cave. And this was kind of a common trend that I noticed in Belize was that there really weren't that many tourists. I don't know if it was like the low season or something, but it was really nice for us to be like the only ones there for most of the activities that we did. I think overall, I think I definitely liked the like inland jungle bullies more than San Pedro, like on the island. I think it was just really busy. It was nice to kind of have a lot more relaxing of a vibe. I think next time we might try and go to Placencia, which is in the southern Belize on the beach, maybe a bit less crowded than on the island, because on the island everyone is kind of condensed together and just all these golf carts driving around. So we ended up going for one week. We left on Saturday and came back the next Sunday. It was like a pretty solid trip for us, and we only had to burn two PTOs because we did the remote working for those three days. Okay, so let's move on to our next trip, and that was Vietnam and Taiwan. So first I'm going to go over the booking process for that, and it was actually not really that ideal of an award booking. It was peak summer season, and it was just really hard to find anything leading up to the trip. We were down to really go anywhere like Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore, Malaysia, in, even Indonesia. You know, we kind of had all these options open and we we're just kind of looking for anything we could find. And what I ended up finding was actually this revenue fair booked through American Airlines on a code share for Qatar. And this fare ended up being $2,500 per person. So booking through the Amex Travel Portal, that's 175,000 membership rewards per person. So it is very pricey and about double what you would normally be paying if you could find like a Savor Award seat. But we really like Q-Suites. It was a bit of a, a splurge for us. I guess we'll kind of go through each leg and we started with Portland to Dallas and that was in the American Airlines first class by the way and that was actually a really nice first class. The seats were really big. There was food and there was alcohol and our flight attendant was actually really good. He came by like so many times to ask if we wanted more wine and stuff. So yeah, I was really actually really impressed by the American Airlines first class for that route. So we were not able to get into the Alaska Lounge in Portland, which I thought was very strange because normally when you're on business class, you get to be in a lounge pretty much wherever you are. 
But for the Alaska lounges now, it's one of two things. You need to either be in a first class ticket on Alaska Airlines that is more than 2,000 something miles. So basically coast to coast, or I think Belize would probably also count, and maybe Hawaii as well. Or you need to be on any one world ticket, so economy or business, with a one world sapphire and above status. So we don't have any status, so we were not able to get into that lounge, even though we're in business. But I mean, that lounge, is not really that good of a lounge anyway, so it's whatever, but I just thought that that was interesting, that the rules were kind of set up that way. But anyway, so we got to Dallas, and then I think we went to the, the American Airlines flagship lounge. But actually, that lounge seemed to be very crowded, so I'm kind of wondering what the Capital One lounge would have been like. Do you remember the American Airlines lounge in Dallas? I guess I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was just, probably just not special it was just whatever, enough, yeah. so that I just can't remember right now. <laughs> yeah, it was It was pretty crowded. It was big, but it was also pretty crowded. So yeah, moving on to the uh, our second leg from Dallas to Doha. And this was pretty much, I think this may have been one of the longest flights we've been on. So we actually were able to see two sunsets in one flight, which was kind of fun. This was our third time flying in Q suites. Because we had booked it kind of last minute, we were actually weren't able to sit in the two seats next to each other that can form a double bed. It was still really nice. We were both in window seats. Yeah, it was very nice, like about all the food and then um, also like the cocktail and then yeah, like the flight intentions were very nice too. The most important thing just was still that like I was able to lie down when I wanted to sleep. That was like the most important for me. It's just really fun to be able to just like eat and drink and sleep in your little cubicle for like 15 hours. <laughs> I would say my only complaint was that when we had first boarded, I had to go to the bathroom. While I was in the bathroom, our flight attendant had like gone around giving everyone like the menus and the pajamas and stuff. And so I never got my pajamas or my menu. So when he asked me like, what do you want for breakfast? I, I didn't really know how to respond. He was just like, do you want the omelet? And I was like, um, I don't know. I just kind of like to see what the options are first. It was fun. It was still fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. own <laughs> private cube. Um, yeah, so then... it was definitely worth it. And we, al we always like Q-Suites and we try to fly it as much as possible. Um, so we got to Doha and there wasn't enough time to go to the lounge. So we just kind of went to the gate for our flight to Ho Chi Minh City with the reverse herringbone seats. It's not as good as Q Suites, but I would say reverse herringbone is still decent. It's the, you know, the one, two, one configuration. And it's definitely better than the two, two, two configuration. It was like an eight hour flight from Doha to Ho Chi Minh City, and I pretty much just slept the entire way. I do remember that our flight attendants were very nice on that flight. Yeah, so then we got to Ho Chi Minh City. It was actually a very quick trip in Vietnam. We arrived in Vietnam on Monday morning at like 7 or 8 a.m. So we took our taxi to the hotel and dropped off our bags and then just sort of hit the ground running because we had already been sleeping for a lot of time like in those planes. Yeah, just want to point out the Southeast Asian version of the Uber in Vietnam is very cheap. Like yeah. very, very, very cheap. <laughs> yeah. So basically it's like maybe a 10 minute ride probably only costs us like $1 or something, $1 or $2 yeah, USD. Yeah. Yeah, whereas like 10 minute rides in um, the US probably cost like, I don't know, minimum 20, 
fifteen dollars yeah. minimum. Yeah, and then I personally love the Vietnamese food. Yeah, especially like the Vietnamese coffee. And then we also went to try the egg coffee. I I know. Yeah, I mean, people were saying that like egg coffee is actually from like Hanoi, but then. I was obsessed with egg coffee, so we also got pho, the the Vietnamese、uh, beef noodle soup, and then we also got the bar mi, which is the Vietnamese baguette sandwich kind of thing.、Yeah. For the two days that we were there, we were just walking around to visit like the historical stuff, and then trying out the food. And then the second day, I mean, we signed up for a tour to go to kind of like the suburbs of the city. Yeah, so that was the Coochie Tunnels. So it was a lot of like historical stuff about the Vietnam War. There was like a little bit of a river tour. Oh, and then there was also a shooting range. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to like shoot all of the old war guns, which was really cool. Yeah, a person from our tour, he really like. The shooting range, and then it seems like he signed up for that tour mostly for that like shooting range experience. Yeah, I was just really impressed by how cheap everything was in Vietnam. Like not just the grab, but like all the food and stuff as well. You could spend like three dollars for a banh mi that has like a ridiculous amount of meat on it, and like a pho would be like two dollars basically. With a pretty decent portion, and then one Vietnamese coffee was only like one point two dollars, something like that. <laughs> so yeah, we were in Ho Chi Minh City for two nights, and then we took a flight from Ho Chi Minh City to Da Nang, and we spent two nights in Hoi An, which is about forty-five minutes south, and just kind of like this, a little bit small to medium-sized tourist town. What's kind of special about that town is all of the lanterns. So when you go at night, there's just kind of like these lanterns everywhere with all these different colors. And you have all these boats in the river with the lanterns, and it's just very pretty. Yeah, so we were in Hoi An for two nights. And I would say for Ho Chi Minh City, two nights and two days are enough for Ho Chi Minh City. I mean, for me, like two days. But then for Hoi An, I think it would be great if we could have stayed there for like three nights. Yeah. Or if we want to like take it slow, right?、Um, experience everything. Then maybe four nights are. You know, would would just be about right, but then we only had two nights there, so that was a bit sad because I really love Hoi An. Most of the buildings there were like the traditional old Vietnamese local buildings,、um, but then they're so well maintained. The coffee was nice. Hoi An had the、uh, the coconut coffee, which was delicious, and then we went to a night market. I also really like the staff at our hotel. They're very、mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and also the <laughs> massage, the spa massage、um, at our hotel. I, I would say like pretty much like spa everywhere. It's really nice. I also went to a spa in Ho Chi Minh City, but I would say the spa at our hotel in Hoi An、uh, feel better, and then it wasn't that expensive. I think one spa session, like sixty minutes deep tissue massage, was probably only like twenty dollars. So yeah, and that was, was for、nice. like a, that was for like a high end massage. Yeah, yeah, like like with the essence oil, and then they also gave you some tea. The town was very pretty, but then I would say like probably just a bit too many tourists. <laughs> it seemed like everyone that goes to Vietnam would definitely stop by Hoi An, so it was a town full of tourists for sure. Yeah, so that was pretty much Hoi An, and then we ended up taking a flight from Da Nang to Taipei, and that just kind of started the second half of our vacation. So we spent a week in Taiwan. 
Yeah, so we went to my friend's wedding on our first day over there, and then the second day we went down to Green Island、um, because we wanted to learn the scuba diving. So to get to Green Island, we took a flight from Taipei to Taichung, which I would definitely highly recommend. It's like a lot more convenient than taking the train, I'd say. And then we took a ferry from Taichung to Green Island, and it's like a forty-five minute boat ride. So we stayed at this little. Diving hotel B and B type thing, yeah. Spent three or four nights there. So this is our first time scuba diving, and we did the whole like certification, open water level one. I guess first thing about it is the price. The price of this all inclusive package. It costs about five hundred dollars per person. For this、yeah. like all inclusive package that includes the hotel nights, like everything, and then it was like a private lesson.、Uh, it was just us with an instructor. So if it was like a private lesson in the U.S., it could have been about a thousand dollars per person. So pretty much we did a half price. <laughs> yeah, like for the dive, the scuba diving itself, it was my first time doing it. it I mean, it was first time for both of us doing it. I was really tensed and also stressed out the first day, so I couldn't really do it. I couldn't really breathe that well in the water because I was like so tensed, and then I just couldn't really relax. But then the second day, for some reason, I did like start feeling more relaxed, and then in the end, I could dive. Deep enough to be able to pass the exam, so that was nice. <laughs> It worked out. Yeah, we saw a lot of fish. Yeah, I would say Green Island's a really good spot for diving. There's a lot of like turtles and fish. It was like a very big area of corals, fish, and stuff. Yeah. So then, besides the diving, we had our our scooter to be able to just kind of drive around anywhere to to get food wherever. One thing about Green Island was that. The ATM there wouldn't work for the foreign credit oh, card. Oh yeah, so this is like a pretty big deal. So if you're gonna go to Green Island, the ATM only works for Taiwanese bank debit cards. So if you don't have a Taiwanese bank debit card, then you need to make sure you have enough money. Otherwise, you'll have to take the ferry back to Taichung. Bring enough、um, cash. Yeah, just bring enough cash. If you don't have a Taiwanese bank card. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's very important. Yeah, so that's pretty much it, and we took the ferry back to Taichung, and then we drove up to Dulan. So we just took like a taxi, and we just had this really relaxing B and B. It's just a really chill spot to just kind of hang out and go to the beach. You did a lot of surfing, and then I did a little bit. I was mostly just kind of relaxing, and then it was nice weather for sure. Uh, very sunny. So yeah, after Dulan, we ended up taking the flight back to Taipei from Taichung. Kind of spent the day in Taipei, and then I took the evening flight. I flew on China Airlines business class from Taipei to San Francisco, and that was booked about three or four months in advance using KLM. Air France flying blue points. So I went back to San Francisco by myself、uh, to go to my friend's wedding, which was in San Diego. And meanwhile, she stayed in Taiwan for. A week or so, and then went to her friend's wedding in Korea. And then after my friend's wedding in Korea, I I was only in Korea for like two days ish, and then I came back to the U.S. The Hawaiian airline. Yeah. So yeah. we yeah. So I booked her Hawaiian Airlines business class from Korea, connecting in Honolulu to Portland. So it was actually nice that we're able to find just like a one stop from Korea to Portland. It was ninety five thousand Hawaiian Airlines miles, but it was only business class from 
Korea to Honolulu, and that's like an eight-hour flight. And then the flight from Honolulu to Portland was an economy. That was like a five-hour flight. So that was 95,000 Hawaiian Airlines miles, so that costs about like $750. I think we got a good deal. Yeah. Because I did look at the price like probably like two or three weeks before the trip. I think one way at that time, it already went up to $2,000. In economy class. In economy class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Hawaiian Airlines. Yes. So it was okay. <laughs> I don't want to like say, you know, bad things about stuff, but the seat was a little bit old. To be honest, like compared to the business class of China Airlines or like business class of Qatar, the seat did not have a building TV. Yeah. Like the flight attendant gave us, uh, gave me the uh, the iPad on some stand in front of me, and it was like a iPad nine, so it was not even iPad ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the food was okay. You know, if you go to like a diner or bar, that kind of food. So it was just okay, to be honest. <laughs> and then the flight attendants, they're also okay. They're kind of sassy in a way. Just, yeah. just kind of put it that way. So the A330 is a 2-2-2 configuration on Hawaiian Airlines. And there's no built-in IFE, so you have to do the iPad thing. I think you were saying, so you were like sleeping in the right seat of the center tube, and the flight attendant was on the right aisle, and she was like reaching over you to talk to the guy that was sitting next to you. Yeah, so she woke <laughs> me up from my sleep. <laughs> she woke you up from well, your sleep. she startled me, to, to be honest. talk to the person yeah. yeah, that was on the left, when of course like she could have you know, walked around to the left aisle to talk to him. Yeah. And then the other thing you were telling me about was how there were some people struggling with putting their luggages in the overhead bins. Yeah, so the woman next to me, she didn't want to or she couldn't uh, put her own luggage up. So she was kind of complaining to a flight attendant. She was like, oh, why didn't you come to help me? The flight attendant said, oh, uh, I just got the surgery for my shoulder or something, so I couldn't help you. Passenger, the woman, like she got a bit annoyed by that response, so she just kind of kept on complaining. And then the flight attendant said something like, ma'am, the time has changed now, okay? So you cannot expect that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that, a little line like that. Yeah. I mean, I do get it. I think I heard that they're not like on the clock during boarding. So if they help you with your luggages and get injured, then they cannot file for workers comp. It was just kind of surprising to hear that the flight attendant would have that kind of attitude. I yeah. was okay. <laughs> I would say we're, yeah, I would say we're pretty easygoing. We don't really care that much about the service. But yeah, so that was the Hawaiian Airlines business class. It's kind of a unique business class. Not a lot of people have flown it. Yeah, and by the way, the lounges in Honolulu are pretty terrible. So just forget about that, <laughs> to be honest. So I guess one final thing is that, so our American Airlines code share flight, that was a combination of American Airlines and Qatar. So that was in business class, but it actually only booked into C class. For some reason, Alaska Airlines recognizes that as an upgrade fare, even though it was never an upgrade. So when I credited this flight to Alaska, I only ended up getting 1x miles. So it was just like the exact number of miles that were flown. It was like 12,000 miles. It was still enough for this in combination with our round trip to Belize to get me above that 20,000 mile mark 
to get the MVP status. So I was actually able to get an upgrade on my San Francisco to San Diego leg on Alaska. But this was just the E-175 Embraer. So it wasn't really that special of an upgrade, but I did get to have some extra snacks and alcoholic beverages. And I think I would say for anyone who lives in like the Bay Area or whatever, I feel like Alaska Airlines status would be nice to have because it does seem like a route where you would get upgraded a lot because over there everyone's flying United mostly. Okay, well this pretty much sums up the two big trips that we did for this year. We do still have one more planned. Like I said, we're going to India in November. So I should have some pretty good content for that. I'll be trying out Air India first class, which should be an interesting experience. And then my next episode is going to be the September recap, which has been really good so far for me. And I'll be talking about the new iPhone drop, which has been a pretty fun time. So stay tuned for that, and I'll see you guys next time.